Welcome to another episode of Three Men in a War Game. I'm Paul and Scotchy Scotch Scotch Scotch. Uh, I'm Kevin and I uh, down with the hyperpowers, I guess. Uh, this is Potter and I think I found Sasquatch in my mirror. All right. Three non sequiturs. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I haven't had a haircut or a beard trim in three months. It's getting bad. All right. That's awesome. <laughs> Nothing says quarantine like needing a haircut and a shave. It's bad. I uh, I don't know if you know this, but tools exist to do it yourself. I don't trust myself. With the hair, I like, get it. I get it. I do. Uh, I've got. I'm so out of practice because I've gotten bougie on my on my beer trims that I I pay someone to do it for me. So I'm way out of practice. Got it. Got it. Got it. And my beard is, is sacred to me, so I'm not trying to inadvertently have to shave that off. Oh, I hear you. Oh, that would be you. weird. That yeah. Would be I, so weird. I don't think... I mean, I think as long as you've known me, Paul, I've always had a beard. Yeah, you've always had a beard, and it's always been a fairly long beard. I think... I mean, when I first met you... It was shorter. Maybe it was shorter. I mean, it was shorter, but I don't think it was, like, short, short. I'm back to chest no. length. It's been a long time, but I am back yeah, to chest I'm, length I'm, now. I'm down to, if I was wearing a button-up shirt, I'm probably down to the third button. Oof, I'm not that far. I'm at button one. That's chest length, goddammit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down to, like, I, I, I yeah, just probably, made it. I'm probably, yeah, I'm just probably shy of the third button. <laughs> that's a yeah. that's a Gandalf beard. You're rocking it. Yeah, dude, it's it's bad. It's bad. Well, I mean. I, I shaved mine when we went into lockdown, and I mean, I, I'm starting to get to the point where I need a trim. Uh, yeah, I've been missing your your Facebook updates on that so I can make fun of your, your slow beard growth. Man, it's it's uh, it's getting there, man. It's it's pretty intense now. Um, but back to right, the so, thing, guys. Uh, Hobby progress. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, not, we're not a men's grooming podcast. No, we're not. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. <laughs> There's a funny product that gets advertised on. This. I listen to this podcast, and there, there's a. Oh, I think I know what it is. Man, manscaped. Oh shit. The manscaper. Oh shit, man. That's funny. Anyway, go ahead, well, it's, Paul. It is like wait, what? Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I have to do this. But funny story. On Easter, I went to a website, and there was an ad for Jesus for Easter, mm-hmm. and right below it was an ad for that that group that men's grooming thing. And it was somebody using that groomer on goat's balls. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so it was it was very it was a very strange Easter for for me. I just know like one of the podcasts I listen to, like the guy is basically like the voice of video game trailers. His name's Brandon Jones, and like listening to him read the Manscaped ads is like my favorite part of the podcast right now. It's so funny. Anyway, oh, he actually is. has to read them out. Oh yeah, dude, and they and they send like the funniest copy. The copy is so good. Anyway, uh, hobby progress. Um, yeah, hobby <laughs> progress. <laughs> All right, I uh, I've been making a lot of hobby progress since our last yeah, episode. Yeah, fucker. Uh, whatever, bastard. So I painted two full relic blade factions, uh, the battle pigs uh, and the wretched hive, which are the lizard boys, plus a couple add-on miniatures for each of them. Uh, I've also done three full bases of Kings of War now. I've got a base of whites and two bases of ghouls. Uh, and I've been working through my O12 Infinity models. I've got four O12 done. All my Kappas are done. And one of the fucking other ones. I don't know what they're all called. I know the Kappas are the, the, the line troopers. Um, and one of the other guys is done, but I don't know what it is. The, the drop trooper. Delta? Fuck it. I don't know. But the w- I don't know either. I haven't I haven't gone to learn. I I find it so hard to learn infinity model names. So and I haven't thought about the O2. Like I know I know the combined pretty well, um, but nobody else. Jesus, man! I felt good about my hobby progress until then. Well, what's yours, Chris? Oh, I got. Let's see. I pretty much have all my clone troopers now built. I uh, went out and bought actually a box of Phase Two clone troopers. Uh, when I bought my Phase One Clone Trooper upgrade, bought Darth Vader uh, operative upgrade for Star Wars Legion, built all of that. I got one unit of uh, Phase One Clone Troopers, pretty much tabletop done. 
they can be put on the table right now and will be fine because it's just monochromatic white and black that's all done uh then i got my test model for my 501st legion uh, color scheme done on the sergeant so for that unit plus the basing so i've got that done and i thought i was very proud with that until chops just put me to shame hey man no that's a lot though <laughs> it is it's been a lot of it's been a lot of building it's been a lot of building which i will say um after building oh and i also built my dewback stormtrooper as well too i forgot about that um but uh, i will say after building to... the bark the the bark speeder and the phase two clone troopers man these the the fantasy flight's hard plastic mm, very good it's not gw but for the quality and the and the scale that they're going for these models the 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 plastic is fantastic on these models Love it. Yeah, I'm not doing it. Awesome. I'm not doing it. Boy, I want to. Someday you will. Do you it. Will. Do you it. Will. Especially after Monday. Oh, man. I was feeling it. Anyway. Uh, oh, Star Wars Day? Yeah. 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 Uh, for for me, I've, I've not done a whole lot. Um, I managed to finish up uh, all of the... All of the Batroids that came in my, or the Unidrons that came in my original 300-point combined army box. Mm. So I'm feeling pretty excited about that. And I ha- I'm working on my last, uh, what, one, two Rodox that came in that box, which is which is pretty exciting. So it's not a whole lot. Uh, I, I did manage to, our, one of our local game stores um, uh, started doing... Uh, curbside delivery so i was able to pick up a tinker turf set that i had pre-ordered just before uh everything went to shit um so now i have that and i have that to build so I'm, I'm looking forward to that sweet um yeah and and i'm also going to build some clones because i got foam to put them in and now i can get them out of their box and make space in my room i thought you were doing droids no no no, no clones all right hmm. well since you guys are playing Star Wars, let's talk about a different kind of Star Wars. Let's talk about Infinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So, um, late last week, or sometime last week. Early. <laughs> early, early last, last week. week. Who knows? Yes. Yeah, so time is Monday. It was, it was that Monday. Long time, time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> the combined <laughs> army. Yeah, a long time ago in a different week of quarantine. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Corvus Belly re- released the full rule set for uh infinity code one and now we actually know what code one is what it is uh yes and i have spent the last two weeks trying to unlearn regular infinity and now my brain is a mishmash of both systems uh that's the deadliest way to do but it's okay because uh code one very much seems like the bedrock that in four will be based on so i'm just going to keep forgetting n3 and just play code one until n4 comes out um, yep. Yeah. I don't before think we get into the choice. spoiler alert, because that kind of says a little bit, let's uh, let's let's talk about Code One. Yeah, um, let's do it. So, I'm excited. We've been we've been we've been we've been wanting to do this. We're super excited about it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just going to read this right off the sheet. I wrote Code One, uh, full fledged game in the Infinity Universe. Uh, considerably less rules overhead than N3, but still has a lot of meat on the bones. If you think this is Diet Infinity we don't think that's correct. Uh, it definitely <laughs> right. keeps the soul of infinity. The soul of infinity is intact in this rule set. That is a definitive statement that we can make right now at the top of the show and start to get into a little bit more as we go here. But I think Paul, I read that to you earlier and I think you agreed. Chris, have you read the rules? Do you, are you f- feeling familiar? Uh, I've not read all the rules. I like I said, told you guys yesterday. I have literally sat down to try and read these rules six times, uh, and either have gotten interrupted or distracted uh, to trying to do it. So I've done some uh, video watching, and I will say that from what I've seen, yes, the the core game is still there. It's it's the same game. There there's tweaks on certain things to make things cleaner, make things faster, but the core and the what makes Infinity Infinity is still there. Absolutely. So one 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 thing I wanted to point out before we go on, Chops, is that you had said something to me about uh, Code One at one point, somewhat along the lines of Diet Infinity, and and you said this isn't Diet Infinity, this is Portion Control Infinity. And I think that is actually the best way to describe Code One. Yeah, it is a portion control. 
Um, yeah, for sure. And, and, and here's what I want to do. This is the way I want to format this episode because we're, we're a war game generalist podcast. We do kind of news and reviews and we talk about war gaming generally and we, we get in, we get, you know, we get in a little bit to a lot of war games and then dive deep on a couple. Right. And given that that's our format, I don't want to talk about the differences between code one and, and full fledged infinity, because let's be honest, there are way more qualified podcasts to do that out there i can give you two off the top of my head that being maya cast and white noise if you want to know the difference that if you want to get into the nitty-gritty and you play a lot of n3 those are the podcasts for you i'm not saying you should tune out but what i'm saying is this this we're going to focus on what a person who's been infinity curious for a long time why they should be looking at code one and why they should be standing at attention to look at this game right now yeah, so if you're a regular Infinity player and you have that friend of yours that you've been trying to get into Infinity, you probably want to direct them towards this show. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Okay. All right. So let's let's get started. How do you want to how do you want to purchase? Well, Jeff? let's just first talk about the four factions that are featured in Infinity Code One because it, as a person is going to the store right now, if they're like, "Ooh, ooh this Code One thing came out, I want to look at Infinity," uh, you will be quickly overwhelmed because the co- the whole Code One product line isn't on the shelf yet. Um, and there are, you know, 10 factions in infinity, uh, and infinity code one only in control only has four factions. So you've got the two hyper powers from the human sphere, which are Pan Oceania and Yu Jing. So Yu Jing, think of it as the Asian faction. It's the combination of like China and Japan and, uh, like I can't remember Korea, Korea Vietnam, right? Like all that stuff that is Yu Jing, right? Uh, now you also have uh, Pan Oceania, which is uh, essentially Europe, right? Europe combined into one giant superpower, right? Uh, and then went out into space and became their own thing. Uh, on top of that, you have O12. Uh, so O12 is basically the secret <coughs> military mouthpiece for the human, the, the a giant AI called Aleph. Uh, so they're space cops, I think is the uh, best way to describe yeah. it. And it says, yeah, I just didn't yeah, realize. That's O12 is an international representative governing body evolved from the UN, and that's what O12 is. And in the game as O12, you're playing as their secret military arm. Right. Which is pretty awesome. Lots of stun type stuff. Kind of cool. Yep. Yes. Uh, Very unique play style. And, and, and now let's talk about the best faction. That's the combined army. Oh. So the combined yes. army is uh, coming... In, so in Infinity, in the universe of Infinity, there's an area that the human race controls in space, and that's called the human sphere. And outside of the human sphere exist other civilizations. One of them is the combined. The combined is a hegemony. So it's a, a civilization that combines many... It's a combination of many civilizations. Uh, if you think about the bad guys from Halo... Um, you're pretty close to what the combined army is. Uh, I think that's that it. Sounds about right. right. So they're called the Ur. The Ur hegemony is the name of the hegemony of the combined army, and they all are unified under uh, one thing called the evolved intelligence, which is a, a sophisticated uh, AI, and they call it the EI. Um, and so there are lots of different races. When Paul was talking at the top of the show about his painting his batroids, those are the robots that the EI makes, and the Rodox that you mentioned are members of another race that uh, exists within the combined army. Yep. Space apes, so space apes. Right. And there's also the Umbra and the Shazvasti uh, and others. So that's all yeah. in there. But really what you're looking at is your four and, factions. You've got O12, the combined army, Yuching and Pan Oceania. The best. And, Pan and, Oceania and I is think, the best. <laughs> I, I think while we, while we get away from that, uh, propaganda um one of the things also to note about the combined army is that most of what's in code one from combined uh is shazvasti shazvasti yes yeah you're not going to see you're not going to see the rodox and and stuff like that because this is portion control yeah and 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 it fits right into what in big infinity would be a a sectoral for shazvasti yep and then before we start talking about what uh Corresponding, we think that we're trying to accomplish with Code One. Let's just give the 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 thousand foot pitch here. So, Infinity is a skirmish based war game, our favorite kinds of war games. Uh, yeah. And in this game, you are generally 
going to have 10 models at most. I, I say generally because there are some models that get free models with them. So you can exceed 10, but the maximum model count that you can hire in, which is called limited insertion in regular infinity is 10 models, a single combat group. So 10 models. So you're talking not, not a ton, not a ton of money to get in. Uh, and the game sizes for this game are uh, 24 by 32 inches, which is a, we'll talk about buying into infinity later, but that's exactly the size of the mat that comes with the starter kits for infinity. Convenient. Conveniently. Uh, then there's a larger <laughs> size game that takes place on two of those mats, and that's at 32 by 48. And then you have the full size game, which is played on a four by four table. So that's the size of the game you're going to be playing. Again, about 10 models, four by four at the at the quote unquote standard size. Right. And and in code one, it is essentially 10 models. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It, it, it essentially caps out at that. Yep. Yes. With, you know, with the exception that there are like servant bots that so you can get a few more models, but you're never going to generate more than 10 orders. But we'll, we'll get into that Correct. later. Uh, so small model count, uh, big table, lots of terrain. That's the, the what you're looking at. And and probably the most cinematic gunplay in any miniatures game ever devised. I would yes. agree with that. All of the stuff that you're imagining happening in other games is happening in this yep. game. And the rules do a pretty good job of accounting for all that because everything happens at once in a turn. Um, yeah, on, on some levels, this game, this game uh, much like Chain of Command, uh, as I've said in the past, walks that line between simulation and game. Um, so there, there, is, there is a good bit of, of you know, detailed stuff happening in, this, in, in Infinity. Yep. All right, well, let's, Which is why everybody loves exactly. it. Exactly. So let's get into what was CB trying to accomplish here? Why make Code 1 you know, separate from the main Infinity rule set? And I'll, I'll just, we'll, we'll read down the bullet points that I wrote and, and go over them a little bit. So the first bullet point is it's a stepping stone into what will be the fourth edition of Infinity or N4. Um, and it's also, but not just a stepping stone, it should also be a full-fledged game for people who want a faster version of Infinity with less rules head to less rules overhead to worry about. So, um, I think that they have done that. That I think I, I don't know, Paul. Do you have anything that you wanted to add there? Um. Yeah. I think. I think. I think one of the things that they they absolutely needed to do is. Because Infinity, especially when you're looking at N3, because we don't know what N4 is going to be like in its full state. But when you're looking at N3, it's a scary game to get into. It is. It's it a is. lot. Uh, it, yeah, there's there's a lot and, and there's so much, so much depth where even if you've been playing three, four, five games, there's still stuff that you may never have touched. It's true. You can leave out half of the stuff of the game, still play a really cool game. Uh, but you're still not really getting to infinity. So they needed to be able to get to that point where people could start playing the game and not feel super overwhelmed right. by right. what they're looking at and what they're experiencing. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and it, you you you've touched on something I want to talk that I was that I was going to say for that because you know you and I, well, I mean, you a little, you have a little bit more experience with Infinity than I did coming into it, just by a few games. But like for me, you know, I've got a couple games under my belt, and I still don't know what I'm doing in N3. Like things are starting to kind of click for me, and mm -hmm. that's that's frustrating for somebody coming in as a new player. So definitely, I think what one of the things that they're trying to do with this is definitely make it a much more new player friendly game because. It, like list building to me is is daunting in this game. It, there's so many options. There's so many things to do. Like and the way you play the game is very. It, it's not very much, very well spelled out in the rules. It, it takes some time of playing the game and learning how to actually play it with how you do activations and things like that. So with N4 or not N4 Code One limiting, you know, like you said, it was it's you know single insertion. Uh, you don't have sectorial, so like it's getting those basic core rules down in a much more streamlined, quick fashion to help these new players move in and migrate to the bigger games, the more complex games, the, into sectorials and things like that. And I think that's definitely needed for a game like this because there is so many moving parts. Yeah. And so let me go through the rest of these bullet points all at once, and then we can each talk about our opinions, right? So 
we talked about the stepping stone into N3 and 4, but also being a full-fledged game on its own. And and I think mm-hmm. I, I you know I may get into N4, but I'm definitely uh considering just playing code one for a while uh but the other things they try to do and one of the main design goals at least from what i can tell is that they try to give the friendly local game store a starting point for carrying infinity by having like a reduced skew count and a manageable product line they also were trying to reduce the vertical learning curve which chris was just talking about for a new player that's even trying to start the game and that's removing rules for sectorials combat groups fire teams hacking hidden deployment oh my god just so many things right not even to talk about the complexities of of list building um and then removing the nested rules and i think as much as some people like the the way that the rules work and and the special rules work in infinity i think it actually pigeonholed them into certain things because they were at a place where if a model had thermal optic camouflage that meant it had to have another series of rules that come with to camo because to camo is a you know fifth level camouflage and it has to absorb all the levels before it now all of those things are separated from each other which lets them do more interesting things with the rules yep. and also yeah, makes it, it, easy it gives to them more levers to pull it does yeah and and it also puts them in a point where you can have and i think we've talked about this where you can have a big model you know that's that's set up under under camouflage and and you know like once it's revealed you could have it just function like a normal model instead of still benefiting from like all these other benefits that in in third edition come with being to camo that's that that's correct yep so paul i want to know for those things that i just mentioned do you think they've succeeded i know you know one of the things that you had said to me was well kevin this is a 104 page rule book that doesn't feel uh lightweight to me so i i was hoping you could elaborate on that for me yeah and 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 so i think i think for the most part they did a really good job like the 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 friendly local gaming store reduced skew and, and giving them a point where they can jump in. I think they did a great job and they deserve a commendation for the way they're approaching that. Mm-hmm. And even when releasing it, you know, they're, they're releasing different box types to introduce new stuff to the game over the next, what, six months or so. Yep. So this way people can can absorb that. And and it's kind of what Fantasy Flight did with Legion. Yep, and we will talk about that at the that's our our last topic for the show is how to buy into Code One, because we think you'll want yes. to. Um and we'll talk about what that skew count and what those skews are. Yep. Uh so I think they did a great job with that. By reducing the amount of rules that are in this base game of Code One, I think they're definitely reducing that vertical learning curve. Because I know for me uh, playing combined, there's a decent amount of hacking involved. And when I look at the hacking chart in N3, my brain shuts down. Like, And I look at that and I go, well, you know what? I know in order for me to play my remotes, I have to have a hacker on the table. So I'm going to put a hacker on the table, but I don't have time to figure out all this hacking. Uh, whereas in this version, uh, there's like two, maybe three hacking programs that are out there. Uh, which makes it a lot easier to to adjust to having that as an aspect of the game. So I think they're they're definitely doing that, and then only having a limited amount of models for each faction uh, allowed them to control which special rules they were introducing to Code One. Um, you know, so so you don't have thirty pages of special rules. Um, so now you just have them. You know, the ones that you need. Yep. Uh, and then, and then also with a lot of those special rules, the the new way they're laying them out, for the most part, they're telling you what modifiers are on them. Yep. Right. So if somebody, yeah. I want to, uh, I want to break uh, it down actually a little bit because when we talk about the rules and we talk about this game, this book, this book's 104 pages. Uh, yeah, a couple. That's that's going to be my next. Yep. Thing. 104 pages. So bre- breaking it down, 17 pages are an intro scenario before you even start reading the rules to get comfortable. I think you can skip it. So 17 pages, it yeah. doesn't matter. And then there are 39 pages of core rules. The core rules for Infinity Code 1 are 39 pages with some pretty big explicit diagrams. And then from page 56 to about page 98 is the special rules for ammunition and the rules that are listed in your troop profiles. So 
very truthfully, you could read up to page 56, really up to page 58, and then read a scenario and start playing and then refer to equipment as you need to as it comes up on your profiles. Right. So the, so so functionally, it's very streamlined. Mm. However, this is my however, Kevin and, and Chris, and I've been dying to say this for like a week and a half. However, <laughs> it's still 104 freaking pages. It is. That is still something that a lot of people who already look at Infinity and say, hey, this game is too bulky. I don't have the, the bandwidth in my brain to play this game. They are still going to be inclined to look at that and say, it's 104 pages streamlined. Come on. I think, though, so I, 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 I think... I, I think but but it comes down to that first impression, Kevin. Yeah. Right? That first impression is going to be, this is still more of the same. However, if you can get that person into a demo, I think their mind will change. Right. I However, agree with that. And the reason why I is you have to get them to that The rules are so point. intuitive. The game plays so intuitively. Yes. But you but that's that's I think that's where they failed is you can't just look at it and say, yes, this is streamlined. I can know what I'm doing in, in just a few minutes. I, they missed that mark. But what they did do with it, I think, is a really good job. But I think just that perception of a quick glance of going, is Infinity better or is Infinity, you know, is this more streamlined? You're going to look at that and go, no, 104 pages is not streamlined. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I will agree with your sentiment on the terms of like, get somebody like get that person that feels that way and get them in and play because I was that person. I mean, Paul, you know, this one, when, when we tried, you tried to get me to start playing this game, what, four years ago. And that was my mindset. It was like, there's so many rules this is so bulky this is i'm not going to be able to do this and like now that i'm playing it it's one of my favorite games and right. i'm glad that i took the time to just to give it a second chance so i i will i will agree like with that just get those people in there get them to play and i will say that of in, in three and three is bulkier than code one and i will say that it's the same way play the game and you'll realize that it's not as bulky as you think it is yeah and especially with this i mean and and you know uh I had that discussion a little bit in our local Infinity Discord, and somebody somebody had pointed out to me. They're like, "Well, I, I was like, you know, it's like eighty-seven pages of rules. You know, that's not exactly streamlined." And they're like, "Well, a lot of the picture, you know, a lot of those pages are diagrams." I said, "Yeah, they're not pictures of models. They're diagrams explaining how the rules work. That's still rules, right? You know what I mean? It's not like they're pretty warfare, you know, like tabletop pictures." So it, you got to consider that as rules. So it's it's a lot. It like, you know, and, and if somebody's going to PDF print it out, they're going to be like 104 pages. And here's what I mean. This is what I want to say. And this is what I want. This is what I want to add as my two pennies to this part of this conversation is that when this game was first announced, I was talking to one of the a person who was a war corps. So like one of the people who was like the hype man for infinity in the area. And when I asked him what he thought code one was going to be, he was like, Oh, it's just like a glorified demo system. Um, and I, I, I fought him on it. I said, man, I, I hope what they're actually doing is trying to keep the soul of the game intact and giving people a better stepping stone into the core rules or a game. They can just explore in and have a good time without having to worry about full fledged infinity. And I think it, when I look at this, I look at this 104 page rule book and I can't find a thing that I wish they, that they left out. Like uh, it, 104 pages is what they needed to keep the soul of infinity feeling like infinity. I don't know and, a single thing I would want them to take out of this rule set. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, I fully agree with you. I don't, I don't think they could have done an infinity game in less pages, to be honest. With you. I, 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 don't, I don't think I, you could. I think it's, it's, it's a marvel what they've done. Because as I read this, I'm like, oh, this is just infinity, but it doesn't feel as like, oh, to me when I read it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, um, every all the the language is very clear. It makes sense. There's not nested rules that I have to reference other rules to understand. Like, I don't have to look at a wiki and follow a link that follows a link to figure out right. what rules do. It's yep. clear. Yeah, in the book. I will I will say that they've done a fantastic job of redoing the profiles for for these models. Um I just 
uh, hope and pray that they take these profiles and they print them out on cards because the way that they've got them written and uh, what I've seen on the released artwork, I don't know if it's that way in the book, but what Corvus has put out as their teasers, they were they, they screamed card accessible to me. And just, I mean, yeah, cool. Have all the different profile gun profiles on it for a night of justice. You know, you've got your stat line there, and then it has all these gun profiles underneath of it. And the way that they've laid out with all the the modifiers on the cards now, just make those cards. Oh, see, it, I, it, now this is where I know you haven't looked through the rule book, Chris, because there there is a page that is the entire. It's every weapon in Code One on one page with all yo. of the weapons. All you need to do is print one sheet, and it's got every weapon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You. Yeah. Like I said, no, I have not read the yeah. whole. It, it, dude, it's great. The weapon chart is so good. Uh, or it's two pages. My apologies, but still, like you don't you don't need like to have it on. You you can you could probably do cards like you mentioned, but it's broken down and it's very very easy now to reference it. Uh, and and there's also a couple other really handy charts that are in the back of this this book. Um, like they, they've also another thing they've done, Chris, that you don't know is they've color coded ability types. So AROs are color-coded yellow, short movement skills are color-coded blue, entire order skills are red, and short order skills are green. And then when you see a skill in the rule book, it has a gradient from a color to a color that lets you know, like, oh, this is a short movement skill in an ARO. This is a short skill in an ARO. This is an entire order. And you can just see by looking at the name of an ability what by color-coding what kind of ability it is. And then you can use it. That is fantastic that they've done that because I will say it took me three games, four games to figure out really how order pools really work. Because right. I was always doing like first order, do it. First, second order, do it. And so like I was rolling dice in the middle of my orders and that's not how it works. <laughs> yeah. And it took me it took me it took me almost three to four games to just wrap my puny sized brain around that. Right. So I'm, I'm glad that they've done that to help out with that. That I think that's going to be fantastic for new players to, to help explain how order pools and arrows and all that stuff's supposed to work. That's I great. Agree, yeah. I like that. It's, it's, it is a lot. So let's let's talk about the soul of infinity, right? Like, how, how, what what does that mean? When I say the soul of infinity, what is that? So I think it breaks down into three pools. It's the the activation system the order pool and the face-to-face role uh, the the aro face-to-face role system um those those things are what make infinity so for people who are listening that don't know how infinity works infinity isn't an alternating activation game like what we're normally touting it is an i go you go so your turn is activating your entire pool what's called order pool and then the, your opponent's first turn is their whole order pool and a, a normal game of infinity is three turns so you're basically spending your entire order pool three times. Uh, an order pool is generated by each model that you hire in. Uh, in code one, create brings a regular order, uh, and when you at, when you start your turn, you count how many models you have in a non-null state, so not knocked out or dead. And however many models are non-null, that's how many orders you get. So if you have ten guys standing up, ten orders. Seven guys standing up, seven orders. And then you can spend those orders however you'd like. So if you want to spend five orders on your big Rambo uh, giant gunman, go for it, right? If you want to, if you want your stealthy person to run around ninjing people in the face, you can do that too. You can spend your orders however you want. The caveat is that this game also has a system called automatic reaction order, which is to say that anytime you step in front of your opponent's models, your opponent has a chance to react without having to spend orders. And that is the soul of this game. It is the tactics of maneuvering around the table to get the objectives you can and to put yourself in your best odds firefights that you can. Did did I get that? (laughs) <laughs> I, I yes. think I think you yeah, I don't think perfect. Yeah, I was like, I don't think there needs to be any better explanation of that. That you, you nailed it on the head first time. All right. I think I think you're hired by Corvellis Corvus Belly at this point. <laughs> so it, it, it becomes so cinematic because, you, you know, you're able you have so much player agency as the active player, but also as the reactive player. Um, and, and not and, and you have 
your agency as a reactive player comes from A, how you deploy, B, how you end your turn, and C, how you communicate with your opponent over their turn to talk about sight lines, like when models come into line of sight, when they don't. It's a very, in, this is one of the most interactive war games you'll ever play. Like, you'll never talk to your opponent more than when you're playing Infinity. Uh, and I think that makes Infinity one of the friendliest war games uh, be, yep. because there's a lot of back scratching that happens, right? Like, uh, it, it's good to look out for your opponent in this game or truly for you, because that they will then do that in turn. Um, at least as long as you don't play with dickheads, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the rhythm of the game really is in this, uh, this tight decision-making of where to spend your orders to get your VPs out of the missions that you have in place. Um, and that brings us to our next topic, because you guys know, and I think people that have listened to the show know for a while that, like, I get real down on a game that doesn't have good scenarios. Yeah. Uh, scenarios are yeah. very important. <laughs> uh, and I want to talk about, just for a minute, because we talked about how the game works, the scenarios in Infinity Code 1, because part of what was going to make Code 1 work is that it couldn't have, like, kill all the mans, and that's it, right? Like... It needed to have some of like my favorite part of regular infinity is the missions. And I'm not, I am not going to stand here and boldface tell you that the missions here are the same as in three missions. Cause they're not um, right. But, 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 but they have the potential to be. And I think we might start to see additional code one missions that mix in more of the depth and complexity that comes into the missions in, in full infinity. And the reason that I think that uh, is no better way to put it than domination. Now, Paul, have you read domination? Uh, actually, I have it up and looking at it right now. All right. So when you play domination again, all of these, all of these scenarios are set up to play in any of the three formats we talked about at the top of the show. So your, your 24 by 32, 32 by 48 or four foot by four foot. There are ways to measure out all of these in each one. And, and I'll just go through quick. What, domination looks like so domination each player has a deployment zone on one side of the table that's variable size depending on the size of your table and then the area in between the deployment zones is divided into four quadrants and each of the four quadrants has a console in the middle of it feel accurate paul yep. all right yep. hey, chris can you visualize that uh, i think so all right, so deployment zone on either side, and then in the between them, sandwiched between them, is divided into four quadrants. Each quadrant has a console. Now, Got it. at the end of each turn, you get VPs based on uh, the total amount of, of what is it called, victory points or VP that you have in each zone that you control. And so that's, that is based on the cost of the unit. So a one point model generates one, a five point generates five, right? So it's how much is, how expensive is the model? That's how much control that model exerts over the zone that it's standing in. Okay. Makes sense? Yep. That's new, but cool. Like it. Yep. That's, it's really great the way that, I mean, it makes, it's to, it totally makes sense, right? Because when you're doing list building, it is, it becomes very like, that's another variable that they put in because you have specialists and then the people that cost more, those guys are generate like a bigger control area, I guess, if you can describe it when you're actually doing these quadrant control style missions. And I think that's really, really cool. Uh, but also there are the four consoles that we talked about, and these consoles can be hacked. And so uh, the way this works is you do a dice roll against one of your statistics. In this case, it's willpower. And if you pass the check, you control that console. And then if your opponent controls the console, you can take it by, by succeeding. So you, you can go in and do that. Okay. Um, and then at the end of the round, you get one extra point for every console you control. So the, the, no, 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 no. Uh, the, the, I think the consoles are end of game. That's what I meant. End of game. So, yeah, yeah. so that's a that's a back and forth between game because you can you can hack a console that your opponent has already right. Hacked. So what it means though is because you score the quadrants at the end of each round, 
Correct. So yep, you're, you the the game works that you're it's this like push and pull that you're trying to move forward and push the the quadrants and gain VP by holding the quadrants, but also you want to hack the consoles. So at the end of the game, you get more points for hacking consoles than your opponent. Right, and and if you have the same number of and there, there's a variable points on your uh, uh, domination. Of, of quadrants, right? So if you have the same amount of, of quadrants as your opponent, you get one point. If you have more, you get two points. two points. Yeah, at the end of your active turn. Yeah. Yep. So the idea is you want to push in and control more on your turn, but that also spreads you thin, right? So you have to, and because you have to play all three turns out. So you really well, yeah because it well it's 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 at the end of each round so i guess that's what well, each the, player gets so one the one thing we didn't talk about because they've fixed retreat in this game um uh and the way that retreat works now is that if you ever fall below the minimum vp then the game is just over and right. that that's when you do the final scoring and so like in the full the full game which is a 30 point game if you're ever under seven and a half points blip that's the end of it Hmm. Okay. Yeah, and they're just very, very, very straight up about what that number is. There's no like trying to figure it out like in N N three. No, yeah. It's just here's you just, here's your minimum. Do, do I have more than seven and a half points on the table still? Cool, we're still playing. Yep. Right. And then and then just, just to clarify, you said turn, but it is round where you oh, where you count up right, your round. uh quadrant. Yep. Yeah. So you go, I go, then we score. You go, I then go, we then score. we score. You go, I go, then we score. Yep. Add up uh, add up consoles. Very cool. Yeah, that's a good that's a good scenario because here's the thing. Infinity N3, the scenarios are quite complicated, right? There's a lot going on. There's high value targets, there's things to hack, there's things to control, mm-hmm. uh, models to kill. So this takes that 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 expansive multi-level objectives of an infinity game brings it down so you're still getting your 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 two different types of objectives right your your control and button pushing so but it's not as much as you would see in n3 so again portion control that's correct yeah and you still have your takeout on that too because then you can even start prioritizing okay he, I gotta take out my enemy hackers so they can't hack these devices anymore. So now I can control it. So now you're even, you got that level in there too of, of enemy takeout of trying to figure out who their hacker is and get rid of it. Cause, uh, it's probably still the same way where you're not showing lists in, uh, code one like you do in N3, correct? Yes. The, yeah. You're, yeah. yeah. That's correct. You don't, you don't have to, sh- you, there's still like hidden or, or uh, marker Private state, marker yeah. state camouflage guys are private information gotcha you know what they are but your opponent doesn't and your opponent doesn't even know that you brought them right like they don't know the point values of your models and the models that you brought in your list are basically private and and being that now being that this game also is uh it promotes the proxying you don't even know if it's based on the model that they're bringing as well too right sure yep Um, and that was the, that's the scenario I wanted to talk about because that's the most in depth one. I think that the supplies mission and the firefight mission are both really interesting too. Uh, so, th- out of the four missions that are included in the rulebook, three of them are really good. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I could see myself playing su- just supplies and domination for a long time. Yeah, supplies is a, a pretty fascinating. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm just I'm just gonna say this right now. If these objectives were in any other game, you would be freaking out about how good the objectives were <laughs> in the game. I know it's just that they're not the the you know it's it's not the same, right? <laughs> um, just because I, I because I know what is in Infinity. Um, but 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 that's my point. Is is not that that's a bad it's thing? It's true, especially since right? I said my my, my point is this, this not is it. yeah. Right. This is a good thing. If these were in any other game, they would be, and it, we we would spend half of an episode talking about the genius of these the objective system in right. this game. I agree. I agree. I just, I, I, I see these and I imagine how a scenario like unmasking can still work in code one once code one is more established. And it's just very exciting. Yeah, yeah, and I mean it's just taking those those main those main bits of the objective and getting and cutting out the cutting off the fat, 
so what we're talking about here is highly cinematic sci-fi gameplay, very good, very replayable scenarios. And Chris actually mentioned something that I didn't even think to talk about on why these are so variable is that the lists you bring influence how you play these scenarios mm-hmm. so much. And because you don't have to tell your opponent what your full list is because your camo state markers and your guys who come in what's called uh, it, 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 like advanced deployment. So parachutists, guys that have rocket packs and shit. You don't have to tell your opponent about those guys. Uh, and all of a sudden you can just be like, well, bam, here's this dude jet packing in, right? Like, uh, and because of that, it, it just adds so much more to the way that these scenarios play. Uh, and you could play over and over and over with the same opponent and have really fun games. So. And I think we'll start seeing a lot more of those jetpack guys now that those those uh, deployment rules for advanced deployment have changed. Have changed for the they're, better for them. so much better they're now. So like, much better. Yeah, dispersion yeah. is not a thing anymore. But again, I don't, I don't want to get into all, all of the nitty gritty. I just want people to be excited about this game because it's so good. I mean, I, I will say from what rule set that I saw, um, you know, I, I haven't gotten to the nitty gritty of everything like you guys have. Um, but what rules changes I have seen uh, are, are, to me, are for the better. They're going to make it easier for these newer players to get into. I think it's going to make veteran players want to have fun and speed things up. List building is a lot easier. Um, you know, picking your your uh, weapon choices, I think, are a lot easier because they're a lot more streamlined Dude, now. Movement's better. Changing facing based on things. Zone of control breaking is better. Hacking is easier. Like okay, look, look, I look, I'm gonna interrupt you here, Kevin, and I'm I'm I've been talking about this, but I'm gonna say it again. Things have gotten so easy in some cases that people don't even understand how it works anymore because it's so simple. Yeah, I've, right. I, we and and the example that Paul is talking about for people who who don't understand is we've we have witnessed people questioning how a rule interaction worked because they they're so used to Infinity being convoluted and having to re-reference that a simple rule was hard to understand uh and and the rule in question is that all positive modifiers only affect the user and all negative modifiers modifiers only affect the enemy of the user and that's how the rule works um but you still had people questioning that the the same weapon in n3 has this convoluted way of of doing that because it, it automatically hits, but it counts as hitting on a seven and blah, 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 and all these other things. Well, now it's just a minus three for your opponent to hit you. Yep. Easy. Easy peasy. You know what? Another, another thing that I didn't mention, the, Infinity uses D20s, and D20s are just fun to roll. I'm going to say it. <laughs> yeah, they are. From a, from a they, tactile, they really stupid perspective, that's another reason to love Infinity. It's got great dice. You get the You get the clunk when you roll the dice. And and also yep. like the the extreme variance of a D twenty makes the game really exciting, or really frustrating. <laughs> well, and it, and it makes it really really fun, right? Because you're comparing your results to your opponent. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so you have that. Oh man, I'm I'm only successful on a one through a five. My opponent's successful on a one through a fifteen. But if he, rolls, to, if he rolls, if he rolls all above sixteen and you roll a four, <laughs> yeah. Or if he has a bad roll and rolls a one and a two and you roll a four, yeah, you're, you're successful. still successful. Yep, yep, yep. Um, it's it's such a fascinating way of of having conflict resolution. Yeah, and it, it, it's, it's it's really the, the other thing that's and awesome I, is like it's the best game for like looking at two sets of dice and instantly understanding the results. Um. It really yeah. makes it simple to do that. I I also think some of the rule changes that they've made with like armor saves and, and crit modifiers and stuff like that. I think that's going to make armor more impactful in the game. Like oh, right now, we know that so many of the, that's already bearing it out in people testing the game. Armor is so much so much more meaningful than it was in 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 three. And it's because that's funny. So like you know, so I play military orders in Pan Oceana, which is a very heavy infantry armor uh, armored. Uh, army and a lot of the times like how, when i was learning the game the guys were like well don't worry about armor armor's not a, a big factor in this game armor's worth nothing and it's always kind of bummed me out so i'm like i'm really excited to start playing code one and seeing 
this, you know, my, you know, my father knight walk down the field or my knight justice with armor five and just well, you still actually gotta, have you, it worth me, worth you, something. You still better watch out for monofilament weapons, Chris, because they still just well, kill you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, right. But I'm, I'm talking about like a normal, I'm talking like, let me throw out, you know, well, yeah, well right now she's not in it, but like Joan of Arc, if, if code one is the, the, the basis of what N4 potentially could be, you know, I'm excited for throwing Joan of Arc out in the middle, you know, of the battlefield and like, surviving a firefight against something because our armor is actually going to be worth something. Yeah, for sure. Well, and, and, and let's, and let's, and let's take a step back here because we're, we're going on about this, but we haven't talked about what it is. The, the change that we're talking about is that in N3, and I know we, we weren't going to talk about and compare, but this one, you have to, I, I feel like you have to in N3. If you crit somebody, it's a wound automatic, nothing you can do. Right. About automatic which, wound. which, and in Infinity, the crit is whatever your target number was. If you roll that exact number, it's a crit. So as soon as you roll that crit, you know you're putting a wound through on that model. It doesn't matter of what the armor value is. They could have armor a million. Doesn't matter. You shot them right you in crit, the eyeball. Yep. They take a wound. Right. Whereas now in, in Code 1, and we're presuming moving on to N4, the change is that instead of an automatic hit, you just make two well, saves. Well, no, it's not two saves. It's it's saves plus one. So uh, the whatever the amount of saves you would make, because there are there there still is like DA. That's true. There yes, still is yes. like dual action ammo that makes you re- roll again, and a critical will make Which you roll another three one. instead of four. Right. Yeah. And it's yeah. so it's in plus one. Right. It's number of defense right. saves plus one for the crit. Right. Um, but yeah. that means Which, that means and because armor rolls work the same way. You roll your armor and you're looking to be uh, under your value or over your value or whatever. Right. To, to save for the wound uh, and the higher value your armor is, the more chances you have to save on the thing. So not having automatic wounds and being able to ro- basically trust in your armor a little bit more is a big, big, big deal. Yep. yep. It's 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 exciting. It's it that's really going to affect the game in a positive way. Yep. In a positive way. And they've way. also shortened there are only two hacking programs, which I wish there were more than two, but I'm fine with the two that they kept. Carbonite and Spotlight are both they they, they are both programs from N3. Um and they do basically the same thing. So Well, I mean, I, I think we'll start seeing other more rules get in uh, introduced into code one as we see more of these models uh, get added that for other factions, like right now, I know there's, uh, you know, there's specific rules that just aren't in code one at all right now. So right. I, I'm sure as more models get introduced, as they, as they roll things out, we'll see things. Will they add more hacking programs? Maybe not, but there's always the potential for it. Yep, I think. For sure. Yeah, I, I mean, they walk a slippery slope if they do that, because if they start adding too many, it changes then they're the taking rules. away the porch and control side. Yep, yeah, yep. so I think I think that I think they have to be very deliberate in hacking and, and not overdoing it if they're going to add stuff. Because the thing is, you, you're not necessarily adding like hacking wise. You're not, it's not something that you have to add if you introduce a, a different model into the game. Right. Whether, you know, for a new faction, it's just, hey. They're a hacker. They have access to these two programs. Yep. Right. And and the and the programs are stop someone in their st- in their basically stop someone in their tracks, and then the other one uh, makes it easier for your friends to hit them with guns. Right. Um, which is which is great. Which gives you a the flavor of the types of hacking programs that are. Yeah. And and if you think about it, it, it opens up really cool tactical things. Like you could have a TO camo or, or sorry, there's no more TO camo. You could have a camouflage marker that's working its way around the board and it out of line of sight of their sniper runs spotlight on their sniper to give their, to make their sniper easier to hit. And then you can bring your shooter out of cover to take a better advantage shot against that sniper. So it gives you, you know, that that cool tactical flexibility still, but within this like much easier to understand system. Yes, exactly. So it, again, portion control. Yep. Well, let's talk about quick. How do you buy into Infinity? Because hopefully you're excited now. What do you do? How do you do this? I know I'm excited. I'm excited. I want to buy in. I want to go play the game. I want to paint. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go right and upstairs play. and keep painting my O12 here. But the um, so. How you go there are the, they've been releasing operation packs for a while, right? So we've had operation uh, wildfire operation uh, red, veil. red veil, right? Like there's a ton of them. Ice storm. 
um, cold cold front, right? There's just a ton of these things. Yeah. And typically what these are is they're two-player starters. It's one army against another army. And that, that there's no different now. They're still going to have one of these operation packs per year. And so the operation pack is going to have two forces and a mat and terrain so that you'll be able to play full games of Code 1 right out of that one box. Well, almost full, right? Because they're not quite 10 models. Yeah, not Se- a full-size game. Seven, the, what, 10 and 15? Yeah, the, the, yeah. Se- the or... seven, seven models per. Um, but then but, they'll, but then they, about a month after those are typically released, they usually it's release called the an, Beyond add-on. Box. Yep. yep, it's and Beyond. The beyond yeah, box. They add those on. Yep, the Beyond box will have uh, an additional three models for each faction in the Operation box, and that will allow you to play 30-point games. So you can play full 10-on-10 model 30-point games of Operation Caldstrom uh, for, for this year, right? And that's Yuching versus Pan-Oceania. And then from there, they have the, the SKUs they have. I'm just going to read them off. They're support packs, remote packs, tag packs, boosters, and a hero. And that's all of them, right? So right. basically, if we look outside of the operation, there's all at, at, there's also going to be independent factions. So O12 and combined army. And those packs come with 10 models in them. So you get your 30-point list, right? Right away, blam, 30-point list in one box. Boom, you're playing Infinity. And what I, what I want to point out here on this, Kevin, is that those those the newest packs of those are the previous previous year player packs. Yeah, so next year the armies that are inside Caldstrom and beyond Caldstrom will be that first pack it's called the action pack right. for those and then those models and, and we will get a new two player and we'll get a new operation thing with two more factions that's correct right and so yeah. then you get your support pack and your support pack is going to come with two specialist units so doctors and engineers, along with remotes, which are basically robots that the the doctor or engineer can control. Well, that's if you're if you're combined. <laughs> sure. Not everybody has that awesome slave. That's drone fair. That's thing. fair. Fair so, point. But it will be some type of support model. Some. But type then of there will also and... be remote packs and remotes. Think if you think about Tachkomas from Ghost in the Shell, you're not far off. And if you're like, what the fuck. Uh, think about like four-legged robots that are kind of like mini tanks that have different weapons platforms on them. That's your yep. remote pack. Yep. Good way to describe yep. it. And then you have your uh, centerpiece models in Infinity, and that's tags. And so think about big mechs, uh, mm-hmm. and you're not far off. They're basically human-piloted giant armor suits. Um. So, and they're awesome. and they're completely awesome. <laughs> uh, and then we don't know what's yeah. going to be in the booster packs yet. Three models per booster pack. I would guess they're going to be really cool stuff because uh, everything in this game is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but they they'll be uh, like thing things that fill specific roles. So you might get like a cool sniper or a guy with a rocket launcher or a couple of stealth troopers or just things that that cover weaknesses or accentuate your army yeah but it could also be things like uh, expanding a, a sculpting line that are currently exists so like i know eugene with one of theirs they're finally getting a male ninja because right now the only ninja you can get is a female one so one of theirs that that's coming out is a male one so it could be a, a an addition to that uh, mo- existing model line as well too but the thing that's most important here because if you want to go to your flgs and say hey i want to start playing infinity and i heard they just released code one the thing to note is that there are four factions in Code 1 currently, and every faction in Code 1 is going to have eight SKUs, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So it's yep. it's eight SKUs for the faction, and you're done. Uh, and that's all the shop owner has to has to carry. And then once you break into N4, there's I, honestly, I can't think of a single Infinity player that's like, oh, I have to special order a model. Like it, nobody cares. We're all like, yeah, I'll special order models. But you can keep the whole code one line in your store without it taking up an enormous amount of shelf space. And all those code one models are ready to go in N3 currently and will obviously transition into N4, N4 as well. Yep, when N4 releases, right. So you can go to your FLGS and say, hey, is there any way you can bring in the just the Code 1 products? And if you're the person who's going to be you know, the hype person for the store, 
you get the you buy Operation Callstrom and you use that for your demos, you can just sell it, man. You'd be like, that's right on the shelf, right there. You can have this exact setup and play at home, or bring it in and we yeah, can start because, playing next because week. Because keep them what. One thing we didn't talk about, Chops, is the fact that it comes with terrain in the box. And your tokens. Oh my god, I didn't even mention it. And the this. terrain is so good. So these are the best two player starters. I think the the benchmark for two player starters was set by was set by Corvus Belly last year with Operation Wildfire. And so Operation Wildfire was the Shazvasti versus O12, which are the two independent factions for this year. But it came with the mat and a just an incredible amount of very durable double-sided uh cardboard terrain and i say double-sided because what it means is if you buy a second set all of the terrain builds differently so you can have it basically uh not everything has to look the same um it's yep. just brilliant flip it inside out and it's and it's yeah and it's different it's it's fantastic yeah and you i mean and and that's going to be available individually as well yeah. and it's so heavy when, duty when, stuff. when so when kevin says that you you buy a second set it doesn't mean you buy a whole nother Caldstrom set and get stuck with all these models. You're spending uh, twenty bucks probably will be the price point on that to get uh, the set. Thirty, they're thirty-two, um, and but yeah, close. Okay, enough. it's worth it though. Worth yeah, it they're, though. they're um, some of the best cardstock starter set terrain you'll ever get in your wargaming career. Yeah, because it's like two big buildings, two tiny buildings, and a shit ton of uh, scatter terrain. Scatter terrain. Um, plus all the tokens. And I mean, when I say tokens, I mean templates and, and everything you need to play the game. So it's, it's a fantastic deal. I would, I mean, and, and in this one, uh, they said that there's going to be a, a, basically a, an expansion pack for the terrain as well. So they're going to end up with a matching set of terrain that has important terrain for games. And like, you want to know what, uh, you want to know why I'm excited? A snipers nest and a, and a, and a, uh, objective control room. room. Yeah. Which means yep. it's going to, which means, which means probably... it's going to come with new mm-hmm. scenarios. Oh, so exciting. Yeah, or, or there's at least, you know, the thought process of having objective room based scenarios, uh, in code one at some point. Well, I mean, when that thing comes out, man, <laughs> yeah, I guarantee yeah. you they're going to be in the box. I, yeah, I'm loving yeah. I'm loving all these gaming companies that are going out and saying, okay, we're coming out with this terrain, and it comes out with new scenarios for it. Like I, I love that this has become a trend, and it's it's doing nothing but great things for war gamers because it just it adds freshness into the games. Uh, it makes it so you don't get stale because they're constantly adding new objectives into it, and I I, I love it. Yep. Yeah. Code one is the smartest thing I think that Corvus Belly could have done right now because it, it re I think it really is a good way to get people into the game um, and offers them a, a place to stay if they don't feel like they want to go into the bigger system still. So. Yep. And, and it, it all depends on, on your community, yep. right? If you have lots of people playing N four, this might be your place to jump up. Yep. Or if you, if it's a new community and everybody's like, nah, I'm good where I am. You can just play code one until you're ready. Yeah, and and they've said Corvus Belly has said if they see that there are, you know, Code One communities and lots of Code One events, they support will it. absolutely one hundred percent support yep. it as its own game. Yep. I mean, I've already told our local, I've already told our local guys that for me, it's it's Code One until N four comes out. Like that's I'm not going to play N three anymore. Yeah, I'm. I I, w- I wasn't sure about that at first, but I'm I'm. I think I'm on board with that. I mean, I'm thinking with chops. I don't, I don't want to clog my head with N3 stuff, and then N4 comes out, and Code One's the basis for it. Like for me, this is just prep time to get ready for N4. No, that's and that and that's just it. I didn't, I wasn't sure how big the changes were going to be, and there's enough little tweaks that jumping back and forth is going to be a pain in the butt. Right. Yep. Now I just have to convince the guys here to do that. Yeah. Well, you got me. But playing you is boring. <laughs> I know you get tired of losing. I do. Don't walk out in front of the total reaction bot. That's I can't. I, but the sad thing is, is I can't even play my my uh, my army in code one right now. <laughs> no, but you've got Caldstrom coming. Yeah, I got Caldstrom coming. It's ordered. I'm just I'm sitting here waiting for it. Hopefully, it'll be here in time for my birthday. And Paul so. has two code one armies, so boom. Yep, I was I was gonna try and paint up my O twelve to be my code one practice army, but um 
Code One came a lot quicker than I got around to painting. Well, you them. still have time because we still can't go out and game. So that's true. Um, and and I'm th- I'm thinking they might be contrast anyway. Yep. Yeah, well, anyway, guys. Uh, final thoughts on Infinity Code One. Sploosh. <laughs> Double sploosh. I, I don't. I mean, I don't know how to top double sploosh. I mean, I chop that bar was set really high there. <laughs> no, it's easy, Chris. Triple sploosh. Boom. I feel All like right. I'm just bandwagoning at that point in time. I might as well be a Patriots fan. <laughs> Jesus. But we're in agreement. We have the triple sploosh. Now, and now we have a way. <laughs> to I was like, I was like, is this our new grading scale? Like every time we a new game comes out, a new system rule set comes out. Like, what is it? A double? Is it a triple sploosh? <laughs> <laughs> we've oh done it god. we found it it's the triple sploosh oh god i'm f- i've got to find ways to turn this into merchandise <laughs> oh my god <laughs> all right all right you you heard it here first. triple this sploosh is, is the first triple sploosh game in three men in a war game history jesus christ <laughs> <laughs> oh shit paul run us out of here Oh, all right. Thank you for listening. First off, we appreciate it. We know things have been crazy, and we're glad that you're still finding time to listen, even amongst all the craziness, now that you're not driving around as much. So thanks for sticking with us. Uh, Thanks to all of our patrons. If you want to find out more about our Patreon, go to patreon.com slash three men in a war game. There's all kinds of cool stuff. Um, including many episodes that you're not hearing if you're not a patron. Um, so that's, that's pretty exciting. Some exclusive content and we've really been taking advantage of our quarantine time and helping out our guys that are, uh, at our hobby hangout level and, and making sure that we've been doing those weekly, uh, which actually, as soon as we're done with this, I think that's where we're all heading. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's lots of awesome things you can do through our Patreon uh, so check that out. Static is a city. They have provided us the awesome post-hardcore you hear at the beginning and the end of the episode. Um, so mad thanks to them. And don't forget to support all your local artists and uh, music venues that are probably struggling right now. Uh, and then um, check out our social medias. Uh, we, we I try to be consistent with getting stuff uploaded. You can see all the stuff that Chops talks about and uh you know that he's painted and chris and i when we get off our asses and actually paint something i i put that up there too but it's it's most i'll be honest it's mostly kevin uh so if you want to if you want to see kevin's work um mixed in with some stuff uh, at least on my end that's not as good um then uh come check out our social medias and this is the longest outro ever and this is why we need to record one and have a standardized one and I think that's it. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> Triple sploosh. Bye. Doing it.